Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Tuesday. I almost said happy Monday, right? I'm, I'm used to it. It's not, uh, not anymore. Yeah, we day after that one the, up last uh, night. Yeah, man, day after the 4th of July. Hope everybody had a great weekend and uh, celebrated safely, man. How, how was your weekend, Ryan? Good. We we chased fire, fireworks shows across Tennessee and Georgia, so all was right in the world. All right. I feel you. I'm kind of old manish. I don't really really do much with the fireworks. I just kind of kind of chill in the in the living room in the AC. But, uh, yeah, it was still, still a fun weekend. If you guys are just jumping on here, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, whatever, help us out and share this one around. This is going to be a ultra special episode because we have an unbelievable guest tonight one of the best anglers in the world would be a fair statement Ot defoe is joining us i was going to try to remember some of his accomplishments but i'm just going to read them off the screen from the screenshot right here nine, nine career wins 55 top 10 66 top 20s a couple red crest appearances classic champ going on three million dollars in, in earnings on the crazy. professional tours Un, unbelievable and, and frankly you know, kind of fanboyish. I've been a fan of Ots for years, so I can't believe he's coming on our podcast, Ryan. Uh, he's been one of my fam- favorite anglers to follow at, over the years anyway. So. Shout out uh, to little homie Daniel Keys for hooking that up. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be fun. We're going to get him in here shortly and uh, pick his brain a little bit and hear about what he's going on up at Carson Doom. And, and then we've got a couple extra guests near the end of the show, right, Ryan? We do. We, we're bringing on a couple of uh, the Carson Newman College anglers, and they're going to talk – uh, you know, kind of about the fishing team, you know, how they got to where they're at. And uh, then maybe a little transition from Bass Boat to Kayak College Series. Oh. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Okay, good, good. Uh, we always like to touch on what went down uh, for the last week or so. I know, you know, with the 4th of July weekend, there weren't a lot of tournaments, but some guys from the south made the trek up north and fished Susquehanna. Did a little... <laughs> Yeah, they did. run up to the river, man. Yeah, they did. Team Tennessee Trailer Trash, uh, they hit the road, son. Uh, The Mighty Mullet and Eric Thomason went up there. Uh, I got a special picture of Eric that I'm going to save for for a good – a good day. He uh, he managed to to crush his 360 drive into a boulder and uh, ended up on a bona fide float the next day. So nice. I can't yeah. wait to bust that out on him. As suspected, tons of 80 plus and 90 plus inch limits up there. Uh, and Jake Narshman even came in top five up there. He did a good job. <laughs> Boy's gonna win one sooner or later up there in his backyard. Yeah, he's, I feel he's, it. He's gonna he's keep grinding. Picks. Yeah, he's gonna get there. Yeah, he's gonna get there. So yeah, that went down over the weekend. Uh, I don't think any other tournaments went down that I that I can think of. Um, it's been kind of quiet around here. I think uh, Peach State has like a Five Rivers throwdown coming up a uh, week after next, and 
we're doing a TVKA night event on Chickamauga uh, on the 16th. If anybody's in the area wants to come up and jump in with us, that's always a fun one. Uh, we're a lot more relaxed on the night tournament, so <laughs> come out and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and as far as the group page goes, no super long threads or any, any craziness, although we did have a post about a, a late payment to an angler that we got bumped up due to a series of unfortunate events. And as of as of latest update, he's still not paid. So get that man paid. Come on. Come pay on. His come money. on. Get the checkbook out. Let's go. That was before Memorial Day. We just had July 4th, so pay that man. Uh, and then we have another developing story we're not going to talk about tonight. We'll save that one for next week. Saving it. All right. Uh, always like to shout out the sponsors before we get our guests on here. Of course, we got Revo, best lenses on earth. Appreciate Revo sunglasses, KBN 25, uh, Western Sun Vodka, drink of choice as always for cesspoolers everywhere. And then Dugout Bait and Tackle is our presenting sponsor. And I got that picture here, Ryan. Let you know about these. They still got some demo boats left. We got right some. There. We got some. Uh, got some of these little hobies laying around kick up fins ready to rock prices too low to advertise so shoot shoot somebody an anonymous text and you'll get a price back and then you can buy it too low to add everything must go it sounds like everything a must go at least those cliche. those those have to go everything else is probably going to stay but let's get rid of those i got you all right so if you're just jumping on here uh help us out give us a share to your local group or to your page or whatever uh, and on facebook just throw us a comment and let us know where you're watching from let me get this thing Turned around, Ryan. We'll get Mr. Defoe Let's in Let's do here, it. Let's said. do it. All right. Bang. Look, we got Uh-oh. a bonus he guest. Got, he's got a special <laughs> guest. Yeah. She, she was out here running around on the porch, made her come up here and sit down instead of chasing <laughs> this deer that's out here in the corn pile. That's what she was watching. I caught her, caught her eye, but trying to make her stay here so she don't run this dough off. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so yeah. much for uh, taking the time to join our kayak fishing podcast, sir. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Glad are you actually at, are you actually at home there. right now? I am at your own I house. I am at home, sitting on the out on the back porch. Yep. Y'all got yeah. a, y'all got a little break. When's your next uh, When's your next road event? Yeah, we uh, ICAST will be the next uh, next stop. You know, to for anything to go to, and then our next tournament is in august up in uh new york at lake cayuga oh, is yeah. uh is our next tournament so still got a little bit of a break you know until that one that one's pretty early august but uh been, been a pretty good summer at home i saw today a story somebody just caught i think they caught a new uh new york state record smallmouth at cayuga uh it was eight, right. eight six or something it was pretty <laughs> pretty healthy little fish yeah. Yeah, I ate something. I saw a picture of that fish. It, it was crazy. I mean, that, like even the base of that fish's tail looked like it was like as big as your forearm. You know, I mean, just a crazy, crazy small mouth. Um, it's. No, that, I mean, it was fat too, and they, they've spawned, right? I mean, they. We just our guys had a tournament up there in New Hampshire, and a lot of those smallmouth had had spawned already. That's crazy that that fish is still that big. Yeah, it, it was. It was probably. You know, they could have caught it off of a bed truthfully, but it looked like it had laid out. You know, I, yeah. I don't think she still had eggs in her, yeah, to, to have been that big. And from what I've heard, I know some guys that went up there and pre-practiced. It's, it's like, it's funny, kind of in our part of the country, I feel like we kind of had a delayed spring. I don't want to call it a late spring, but kind of delayed. Yeah. Where up, up there, they actually had a pretty early one that got hot pretty quick. So um, those fish had actually spawned a little earlier than usual from, from what I had heard. Yeah, it seemed like down here we were about three weeks behind schedule, roughly on the mm-hmm. on my end of the Tennessee River, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. It was a couple weeks behind here, and like our last event on on Watts Bar, 
you know, it was early June and those fish were, in my opinion, definitely behind. Um, not many fish out, grouped up deep, just, you know, they were kind of scattered around in all depths, honestly. Some guys called them out, but never in the groups that I expect, you know, to be caught there. Yeah, we were fishing uh, Chickamauga. We had a 200, 200 boat tournament on Chickamauga for the kayaks uh, at that same exact time. And that was the deal. There there wasn't huge schools out deep that you kind of expect. I think the water water levels uh, had a lot to do with that. They they ran a whole lot of water that week before, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it definitely did. That's our, the, the current was, it, like, in practice was pretty good, and then it actually kind of fell off, you know, as our tournament went, the as far as what they were running, uh, you know, current generation and stuff. I know Ryan wants to ask you, you know, a few questions about your, you know, background, a quick, quick little yeah. uh, story about that. Before we do that, I want to throw a question up here from somebody, one of the viewers on Facebook. They said, I, are you a river rat? And if anyone follows your social media, they know you're a, a jet boat <laughs> aficionado. So yeah. one of my questions was going to be later. Are you a kayak guy or could you be? It seems like you'd be a perfect fit because you love that skinny water and, and getting up in some of these creeks and rivers. It does, but I'm I'm maybe just too lazy. Like I'd rather stand <laughs> on a on a foot pedal of a trolling motor than uh, than either, you know, paddle myself with my feet or with my hands. Um and then if I want to go back up river, I just crank the Mercury jet up and I go back up river, you know what I mean? So that it's a I do. I, I absolutely would consider myself a river rat, and I love fishing rivers. And we have some kayaks. We've got some seen kayaks here and stuff. But um, I, and I've fished out of them, and I can see the benefits of it. But I really like my tracker jet boat better, <laughs> if at all possible, to use it. <laughs> um, there, there are places where you just can't. You know, I mean, there there really are limitations still with that boat. It's pretty special, but. There are limitations. You do. It does require some water. There has to be it, at least some water there to get. <laughs> to get exactly. There. Exactly. And with a kayak, you can get to places where there is none and across and get to the next batch of water, you know. So um, I, I do need a little bit of water with that jet boat. Well, you know, that's a notice to kayak companies. Let's, let's get that jet kayak, the OT series. There you <laughs> go. Promo opportunities yep. uh, abound yep, for, the, for the rivers now. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah. Uh, Jordan Marshall yeah. said he's seen you a time or two out there. He lives up in in your neck of the woods, so he's, okay. he's running across that. He's running across. He's, he's out of Merville, but he fishes fishes your neck of the woods quite a bit up there. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it is a it is a fun place. There's some some good fish up this way, but um, yeah, I, I admire you all that are bona fide kayak fishermen. I, I admire you know the the way you all have to fish. To be honest, you know I'm if if I dislike a part of the lake that i'm in or whatever i can pack <laughs> up and haul 30 miles down the lake and try something completely different i, I do that quite frequently um but i mean y'all are it's like it, you can load it back on the trailer and drive somewhere else but that's a it's a bit more of a commitment yeah you, you, you waste really about gotta, an hour or more yeah, doing, <laughs> doing that movie. yeah you really got to kind of commit you know to a zone of the lake or something it's, it's definitely a different animal so how did you how did you get started in your professional fishing career? Like what was the what was the moment that you were like, you know what, I think I think this is just gonna be it for me. I'm not gonna try anything else. I'm I'm just gonna be a, a, a pro here. I, I knew when I was nine years old, I, I knew that it's what I wanted to do. Um uh, the the first classic that I attended was in nineteen ninety six. Um George Cochran won it on I believe it was on either on Lay or Logan Martin. Um 
think it was on Logan Martin um, down in Alabama, and I can just remember going to that tournament, and we were we were maybe bass members at the time, but uh, the arena was full, and so they had other viewing rooms, you know, to actually watch the weigh-in on closed circuit television, and we had to go to one of those because we weren't life members or had any kind of priority seating or anything. Um, so I, we're in just this room, you know, with 50 people or whatever was in it, watching, watching the final weigh-in in there. And I, I can remember at that moment, I mean, that's like, that's what I want to do right there. You know, I want to be a bass fisherman. I want to, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do at the age of, yeah, at, at nine. Um, that's, that would have been shortly before I turned 10, I think, because uh, that would have been in August back then. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty clear to me that's what I wanted to do. Of course, uh, I mean, as a nine-year-old, you know, you, you don't know exactly what that, that ends up looking like, but it was, there was no question in my mind what, what I had, you know, what I would desire to do. And what was your path to get there? I mean, you know, what kind of steps did you take, you know, in your high school, college mm -hmm. age years? Like, how, how did you take steps to, to land where you are now? Yeah, uh, for me, I mean, that just – immediately we and i say we as namely my, my i've got a brother that's a couple years older and i've got a brother that's quite a bit older um and, and of course dad but just fishing as many tournaments as we possibly could um we fished a couple that fall but then the year i was 10 and my birthday's in september i was 10 and turned 11 later in the year i think we fished 50 tournaments um you know and of course all team tournaments at, maybe a tuesday night or a tournament on saturday or whatever open tournament, you know, that we could find. But, um, yeah, I think I fished 50 tournaments that, that next year and did that for a number of years. Um, we ended up joining a bass club and, and just kind of working, working my way up, you know, fishing from team tournaments. And then once I turned 16, um, fishing BFLs and, uh, like I, I mentioned a bass club in there and, um, you know, and then it, the BFLs took me to the Everstart series of what it was at the time, what are the Toyotas now? And, um, and actually, the first year I signed up to fish the Everstarts, I tried to get in the Bass Opens as well because I wanted to fish the Classic. You know, I mean, that was what it, what it drove me to be a bass fisherman from the start. Um, but those had a huge waiting list, couldn't get in them. So uh, so just went the FLW route, fished the Everstarts a couple of years, a couple or three, and then fished uh, what was called FLW Series, which was, that was the first year they had it. It was kind of an in-between the Everstarts and the FLW Tour fished that in 2006 then 2007 was the first year i fished the flw tour um and fished there for four years from seven through ten and then ten i also i, I finally got into the uh finally got into the bass opens and uh and fished in those as well in 2010 and qualified for the elite series um at that point fished the it's the lead series for eight seasons all the way through uh, 2018. And then, you know, 19 is when the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour started up and, and switched over to that. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing <laughs> to hear that because you can hear that with any sport where, where a person gets involved in it young, like a parent didn't have to drag them into it. You know, a lot of young kids, yeah. you got to try to force them to go to soccer practice or force them to do this or that. But when it, when a, when a kid or a young hey, dog or whatever – they 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 got a passion for it man it's it's uh there's no work involved other than getting them where they need to go you don't have to make them do it they, they that's exactly right stop. yeah yeah that's exactly right and that's the way it was man i there was 
you know, that always, and he still jokes about it that, uh, um, you know, on a, on a Saturday morning, he could, he, he would literally knock on the floor upstairs. My, my, my brother's rooms and I was upstairs. He could like take a, he'd take a broom handle and literally, you know, poke on the floor. It, it was a log house we lived in. So his roof was my floor, <laughs> but he'd knock on the floor. Time to get up. That was it. And within five minutes, I'm dressed, uh, teeth brushed. I put all that together, dressed and brushed. Um, <laughs> but uh, teeth brushed, dressed downstairs in five minutes in the truck. Now, I would immediately go right back to sleep. Um, but, uh, and then he'd, you know, drive us to the lake where on a school morning, it was like three or four times, you got to get up. So we got to go to school. But it, on tournament morning at 4 30, just tap on the floor and, I would come running down the steps in just a couple minutes, and yeah, I mean that's kind of the way it always was. It was no, it didn't have to try very hard to get me to go fishing. That's for sure. Got a few questions coming in. Somebody I asked from YouTube, "What level series did you finally able to pull your first legitimate sponsor?" That that's a good question, and something that a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people want to ask about it. You know, getting sponsors and that stuff. So. What I would call my first legitimate sponsor, um, that would have been my second year. I don't think I had anything at all my first year on the FLW tour. And and to me, a, a legitimate sponsor would be some type of income. I mean, actual, actual money, um, yeah. you know, not a discount on product not just free products or, you know, or something, but actual, actual cash in hand. Um, and the first one I got, I'm going to, I feel like it was like $2,500, maybe $2,400, you know, like $200 a month type deal. Um, and I believe that would have been my second year on the FLW tour. So I, I'd fished the first year and I had made the force with cup. I didn't make any top tens throughout the season. Um, but, uh, yeah. I could have had one my first year, but I don't, I don't truly remember one. I'm going to say my second year. So 2008, um, second year of fishing at professional level, you know, type stuff. That's uh, what I was going to say. Pay attention to that. $2,500 a year on the FLW tour. So let that, you know, kind of settle in your heads when you, right. when you think, that's Oh, right. I'm sponsored that, I mean, you know, all yeah. right, you've covered your gas to get to the lake now. So <laughs> that's, once, once. Well, yeah. one, trip. <laughs> one trip a month yeah you got you yeah. got that covered for for one trip a month guys well here's a, well, I mean, here's a great follow-up to that question is what'd you do to pay for money in the meantime how, how, or yeah. pay for money what what'd you do for money to pay and yeah. buy before you, yeah. you know started making money it was uh i mean for me i still had a full-time job at home so i worked for wilson trucking um at that point in time a, a trucking company here out of knoxville and uh and they, they worked with me. The boss I had was great. Um, he would let me miss as much time as I needed to. But when I was home, I'd work 50, 60 hours a week. Uh, and work paid the bills. Fishing paid for fishing. Like, fishing wasn't making any money. Like, you know, I, my, the, what was my third year on the FLW tour was the first year I had a real sponsor. And that, that covered like half of my entry fees, like $35,000. In, in sponsorship money it was flw team deal so i actually never got in that cash i just didn't have to pay thirty five thousand dollars out um so it was you know as good as cash but uh 
but that was part of my best year sponsorship on, on FLW tour. But yeah, that, that second year I had for sure less than $10,000. I'm going to say around 7,500 in sponsorship. I had 24,000 or I think is what it was in entry fees, um, along with, you know, travel expenses and stuff. And I still fished a, a division of ever starts. I probably had more like 30 in entry fees and probably 12 or 15 in expenses, you know, um, but fishing paid for fishing. That's, I would, you know, they, the FLW and, and I'm not sure exactly how they still do it on pro circuit now, but they staggered their payments. Like you'd be out like $6,000 in the fall, but then you didn't have to pay your remaining balance for that tournament, like another two or three grand until, two weeks before or something. So you could actually go and fish before your credit card statement would ever come in, <laughs> you know? So, and that was, I, and I just, you know, we, we had enough cash in the bank. It's like, okay, we can, you know, we've got enough to go to the next one. And then I would check steady enough along the way. That was just one of those deals where God always provided in, in my career to where it, it came down to it in 2008, pretty early in the year, actually, um, that we were like, we've got enough money to go to the next tournament and, and that's going to be it just because uh, we'd paid, you know, deposits and we were three or four tournaments in at that point and I hadn't gotten a check, um, you know, a 10,000, because that was a good, that was the thing you got to check is 10 grand, but, um, you know, which would cover that tournament and about three, two or three more, but I hadn't gotten one yet. And, um, I mean, the first day at Lewis Smith and, uh, it's like April, 2008, I'd come in the first day and caught two fish and was sitting. Actually, the tournament was terrible. I mean, it was an extremely tough one. I think I had four pounds. The check was like eight or nine. I mean, it, it wasn't, wasn't like I was way out of it, but I wasn't in there either. And Jenny, my, my wife, I came in that day and she said, do you think this is, you know, you think this is what God wants you to do, where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing? I said, yeah, I think so. She said, we better get your butt out there tomorrow and catch some fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I went out the next day and I caught, I think, what was the biggest bag of the tournament. It was the biggest bag of the first two days for sure. And uh and and did make a make a check in that one. Um the very next tournament uh was at uh Santee Cooper and it was ever starting I actually won that one and then uh ended up getting a check in the next FLW tour just like the week after. So just, That's you all know, you needed those, was a little motivational speech there. I needed, I definitely needed that little bit of motivational speech, you know, um, but that was, and that was the deal. Even like that, that was a $50,000 a month right there. But even still that over the course of the year, that kind of just got us through, you know, um, because it is such an expensive, uh, expensive deal to, to do that at a professional level. If you don't have some serious sponsor income, you know, I've heard other English talk on, you know, different shows and podcasts and stuff at any point early on, were you close to letting go of the rope? Or were you committed and you were, you were going to figure that out? That that was definitely the closest one. You know, I mean, that was, had I not gotten a check there, I might could have squeaked one more tournament out of it. You know, um, the Everstart would, would have been a smaller cost at that point, you know, the week following. But that, that was, because we'd kind of made the commitment to each other that we weren't going to do it truly on credit cards. Like I had, I'd saved enough, you know, from, from local tournaments and different things to where when, when we got started, we never put more on the credit card than we had in the bank. I, you know, I wasn't, it just wasn't one of those where we wanted to truly go in debt, go in fishing because I just, one, I knew the stress it would put on me and I didn't feel like I would, I also didn't think I'd perform under it. Um, and, uh, 
and just didn't want to put you know our family in that situation because in 2007 was uh, when Jenny and I had our had our first child with Abby. Um, so I mean, our, we already had kids at this point, you know. Um, so I didn't want to have that kind of stress on her as well as myself, and um, so that that was as close as it ever got because that like after those tournaments and what we had what we had out on the credit card versus what we had in the bank, we're just going to put us at about nothing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. You kind you hear jokes like that all the time. Like, yeah, you know, you see if these pros out here in the wrap trucks and wrap boats, and you, what you don't yeah. see is a second and third mortgage on their house. To you know, all the sacrifices that they're making, you know, at home and in their personal life to to chase this dream. Because you know, for mm-hmm. and for a lot of guys, don't get to to realize it like you have. But I mean. You know, they go all in on it for for five or six or seven years until finally it just you know everything dries up and and you know that's all you're left with is is what what could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a real thing, and, and a lot of guys have have been down that road. You know, I know, I know guys that I've, I've fished against. Um, you know, especially on the elite series, you'd see that a guy fished open the year or two. You know, make it to the elite series. Okay, here's here's your invitation. Here's your bill for. 75 grand, you know, between the entry fees and expenses. Um, and, and that's the, the people think you make the elite series or you make the FLW or you make the Bass Pro Tour or Major League Fishing. They think the sponsors are sitting there ready to write you a, a blank check to go fishing on. That is not the way it is, much like it was with me. It was my, you know, like I said, my, my first year I had a decent year on the FLW Tour, but the second year I had. Seventy-five hundred dollars tops in, in income, you know, from from sponsors. So <clears throat> it's not that instantaneous of okay, you've made it to the you've made it to the big time. Now people are just going to start throwing money at you to go fishing. They're going to kind of sit back and wait and watch because they, they know that there's you know out of that out of the crop of each year, you, you know, there's going to be a, a few of them that are really standouts, and then those are going to be the ones that they try to. And some of those guys will hang around a couple of years, and then they'll kind of hit their stride. You see that as well. And, uh, you know, it, some guys just show up on the scene and are instantly successful. Other ones, you know, they, they take them a couple of years to hit their stride. And other ones, it, it kind of plays out in the same amount of time. You know, How big of an impact do you think the college <coughs> kind of stepping stone has as far as when they are ready to be pros? Mm-hmm. You know, like how big of an advantage is that, do you think? It, it definitely is, and you see some guys that have have worked went through the college ranks and then and made it to the professional levels and are uber successful. You know, I, I think of I think of the Lee boys especially um, oh, yeah. that that have have qualified their way in, and you know they, they were excellent in college, and then they transitioned that right over onto the professional side and have done done really well there. Um, but then you see some others that have won big stuff in college. And they come and they'll, you know, they'll be kind of hit and miss and stuff along uh, the professional ranks. But it does, the nice thing that it does for a college angler is that they get to travel to a lot of other places. They get to see a lot of different fisheries. They get to experience that where it hopefully doesn't actually cost them a ton of money. You know, yeah. when, when I was starting out traveling, when I'd go to Okeechobee or I'd go to New York or I'd go to wherever, I was all on my own dime, you know, so every penny of that was coming out of my pocket. Now it, it was a, you know, I was putting the money up for that tournament. So if I have a good tournament, I get the I get the return of that. But that experience to get that experience without it costing you three or four or 
five thousand dollars is pretty doggone valuable yeah you know listening to when you got started 2008-2009 you've kind of been able to ride the wave or be part of how sponsorship has really changed for y'all for you know the highest level of anglers because it used to be you know you win a giant couple giant tournaments and they line up like you said but social media kind of took off right about that time as well uh and now you know you see companies sponsoring anglers that aren't even pros just youtubers and stuff so you guys have kind of had to adapt how how is how have you navigated that since since the beginning to now yeah it, it definitely i started in that time frame to where um where tournaments were king you know that that was that was the era i got my sword in and uh, and I'm absolutely guilty of still being a little bit old school mindset of that, you know, um, and didn't get on the the social media bandwagon as early as I should have. But truthfully, I mean, I can remember when Jenny started up a Facebook page. I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with this. I don't want to be posting this crap. Like, who's I your mean, top was... eight friends, honey? Come on. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, like, I wanted nothing to do with this. Um, but then, I, but I completely under you know I mean, I don't completely understand it now, but I understand the need for it and the ability of it at this point in time. You know, definitely see the see the what where it has a lot of value to a sponsor and you know in the companies and to your own personal brand. You know, to be able to engage with people on a, on a semi personal basis, you know, through social media. But it, it's funny because I I definitely have seen that transition because when I you know when I fished, it was all about when I got started, it's all about who won the last tournament, and um, you know, and that was that was the main deal. And, and even this, it, it seems like the old news now, but I mean, as far as live streaming our tournaments has only been going on for five years, seven years at this point. You know, I mean, the, most of my career, that wasn't a thing. You know, it was just pre-recorded for TV and. And, and magazines and, and print still had a lot of value. Um, you know, even even a website article was kind of kind of new. You know, or, or really getting going back in when I got my start. Definitely changed. I got a two part question based off what you just said with the live stream and the tournaments. Number one, do you like it? Number two, how do you feel that it affects the the fishery itself when they are they're burning your own spot for you. You don't even have to worry about if you told your buddy about it because that is on TV with a pin dropped. Are you getting people showing up trying to cut in on Like, I mean, how does all that play out? Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I do enjoy the live aspect of it. I truly do. Uh, at the last tournament down at, at Watts Bar, it, it was neat because I had the camera some of that tournament, but I was fishing right by a highway. And so I mean, I've got people in the back of the boat essentially watching me but some of those people that were watching were like hey i know where he is i'm gonna drive by there and blow the horn out <laughs> you know <laughs> and just you know just to come by and say hey so i mean and and i had i had friends that stopped by because they saw online where i was you know to stop by and just you know say hey off the bank or talk to you it's, it has its neat parts there's no question about it um one thing i'll say about the way our coverage is and I'll say this because I watched some of it, whether it's after the event or if I don't make the cut and, and watch some of it. They do a really, really good job about not saying Ot Defoe is fishing in Caney Creek or Ot Defoe is fishing this place. So, like, they do a really good job of, of not, you know, not absolutely calling us out. Now, if you're fishing 
drive by and obvious if you're fishing a tail race or you're, you know you're fishing something like that there ain't much they can do about it you know i mean that's just that's the background that is what it is but they 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 know the importance of that they know i feel like they understand the danger of live and the fact that we get off the water at four o'clock and the turn for tuesday night it blasts off at six you know, I mean, there's not much they can do about it. It just is what it is. But they, they do a really good job, I feel like, of not showing us on a map and saying, here's some pointage fishing, um, <laughs> you know, wild events going on. And, I, and that's not always been that way. Um, and, and I watched some, watched some, you know, bass live coverage. I'll just go out and say it. That wasn't that way. You know, I mean, it literally showed that if you used any discernment whatsoever, you can tell exactly you know, the buoy that a guy's fishing by on a ledge turner or something. Oh, so yeah. it's, I, I think, I think our, our commentators and our production crew are, are pretty aware of how sensitive it is. And it's maybe more so for our turners because they are so long. I mean, that we spent six days out on the water and, yeah. you know, over the course of the event just for the turn. So it's, uh, you know, it can greatly impact it uh, because of that. Yeah. I know last year, Ryan, I prefished for the lacrosse BLS event by simply watching Zach Burge on the MLF coverage (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't have time to go and really check a lot of stuff out. And I said, you know what? I think I know where he's at. And by God, it worked for a day and a half. Well, you see a lot of guys because, I mean, we travel all over the place and and most all of us still have full-time jobs, right? So, you know, we may be going out to Dardanelle or whatever, you know, nine-hour drive. Mm I don't have three or four days I can go pre-fish. So you get on YouTube or whatever and, and you look and there's just video after video after video of, you know, you can put in the time of year. (laughs) I mean, whatever Mm -hmm. bait preference you have and usually find something on it. And I like that aspect. I like the live aspect so we can kind of learn from what the pros, the best in the business, you know, how they are, are, you know, approaching something or, or presenting a bait or whatever. But the, mm. the map spot burning is ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't I don't yeah. know how that's a thing. And if you live on one of these local lakes, like if I watch Gunnersville or Chickamauga and just watch them just, you know, I mean, it's tough. Like roast, <laughs> roast something yeah. that's not super obvious. And you're like, why? Like, yeah. this is crazy. Now everybody, you know, anybody with a, a internet knows, knows what it is now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah no it, it is definitely a thing um and uh you know the, the cameraman's gonna stand on the back deck with the camera on his shoulder and he's gonna point towards the front so whatever's off the bow of the boat as far as a landmark oh yeah i mean it, it you know it's going to get seen it's, it's definitely the way it works i've been trying to get cody prather to give me some juice because i know he's been in your boat several times yeah 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 cody's a good dude i like i like cody off of what for our, for our cameraman he does a good job He's a solid guy. What I yeah. want to know what it, you know, we talked about kind of how, how you got started and how you got going. Winning that classic, that's that kind mm-hmm. of being the, the, you know, fuel to the fire that, that got you into this field overall. Like, what did it feel like? I, I was there working that classic and I okay. felt like I knew that you were going to win it before it even started. Like, I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, seriously, like, I, I mean, I just, yeah. I was like, this is his, like, there's not, I, you know, we talk about the stars lineup and everything has to go right to win a big one. I felt like yeah. that was it right there. Did you know that you had won it before you started the tournament or did you still feel like you had to go fishing? Oh no, I had to go fishing. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I, my, my practice was, my practice was good. I mean, it, it was, and and I felt like you know I would have a good shot at having a good tournament. But 
you know, part of what I had found in practice, I, I knew a lot of the guys had found too. It was kind of a deal that was happening in the backs of pockets and, you know, really, really shallow. But it was funny because the water level actually come up and, and messed that deal up. Um, but what in the, the, the way I typically fish there and how I caught most of my fish in the tournament, I truly didn't even do in practice much. I did it on a couple of places, uh, a handful of places that were not stuff I knew I would fish in practice. So, I mean, it was it was on the same type of pattern. It was on the main channel, and it was, you know, shallow bars and points and that type of thing. But it was stuff that, like, I probably never even have time to fish in tournament day, you know, kind of, kind of places. And those places I got bit on. And so I knew at that point in time, I'm like, I know I'm going to fish this way. This is how I want to fish. And I... What was funny is in, in practice, you know, with the classic, it's it's the practice. You practice like three days a weekend before, and then you get a kind of a run through day on Wednesday. But it's only an eight hour, you know, it's a tournament day essentially, just an eight hour day. So your practice is kind of wonky anyhow. Um, but I never saw anybody fishing, even not just I'm not saying the exact places, but not even the same type of stuff I wanted to fish. They weren't even. You know, they weren't running that pattern. They were all basically back in, in creeks or in pockets or in bays or whatever. Hardly anybody fishing on the main channel. And so when I go down through there the first morning of the tournament, man, that's picking a litter. I can fish whatever I want to fish. And uh, and the only other person I saw fishing anything that I actually saw, um, I saw two people. I, I can only fish like one spot that I, that I would have fished. And Mark Daniels was fishing on the main channel but he never fished anything that i would have fished um and then I, I did see jacob wheeler on the on the final day further down the lake fishing stuff on the main channel but those were like the three people that he, to my knowledge fished the main lake i think Zaldane may have um, some too but this nobody was fishing the main lake which was uh, it was crazy to me um uh, i'm glad that it worked out that way but i no, I, after the first day you know and i was leading and i had, had 20 pounds and stuff i was like it could work out, but I know that lake well enough to know one day it can be good, <laughs> and you may never catch a fish again. Um, that's just man, that's Fort Loudon. That's and, a tough, uh, tough spot next, to fish for sure. It's a very tough place to, especially to be consistent. And the next day was a primary sample that I had half the weight, you know, on the second day that I had the first day, and caught about the same number of keepers. I just never caught anything of any size. Uh, I, the first one I caught was a good one. After that, I nothing of any size and honestly struggled to put a lemon in the boat and finally um, did and caught a few more small ones but then the next day kind of started off kind of slow and then uh you know ended up running into them and, and catching them pretty good but uh, no I, I i had i had no indication beforehand that uh that i knew i was gonna gonna win that tournament um i i felt good about it i i knew the nice thing about fishing one at home is you're never going to spend a minute wasted. You're never going to be like, I'm going to pull up and fish this point. I don't know if the bass has ever lived here or not. That, that was not the case. Everywhere I was going to make a cast, I knew bass had been caught before. So my confidence was good. I was I knew I was going to be in productive water, but no, I, I, <laughs> that's the last place to say I was confident in winning. You know, um, that was an amazing event. And, and I wanted to follow up to what Ryan was was talking about the live coverage and and we've had this com conversation on our pay our group page and our forums and on this show before about what it's going to take to bridge kayak bass fishing into the pro ish at least realm right now 
we kind of have those talks, but everything's an opening kayak fishing. Mm-hmm. There are some big checks being cashed, you know, relative to what we, you know, uh, have yeah. invested, but yeah. we don't have a legit pro series. You, you've obviously been with FLW Bass. You've been with MLF and kind of saw the development of a brand new pro series. So yeah. what do you think it will take to, to, you know, build that bridge to a pro level for a lower level deal like kayak fishing? For kayak fishing, and and that man, I, I think the potential is absolutely there. I mean, the the amount of, of people I see in kayak fishing, and the the nice thing about it is the fact that it is a lower entry level of cost. You know, I mean, a, a, if a guy has got three or four thousand dollars and he can buy a little bit of, he can buy some fishing stuff and he can buy a kayak, dude, he's set. You know, I mean, he's ready to go. Um, the thing, I, I something I could see that would I mean, if I was just spitballing right off, right, right off the rip, I'd almost obviously you don't have a place for a cameraman or 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 a judge in your boat. Um, so you know you, you've got to have some way to uh, uh, have another. I feel like to keep it completely legitimate to have another set of eyes on you. Um, if it was, I'd have to start off small. I feel like to manage this, but man, if you had a way to to hook hook an iPhone that was live streaming back to a truck and, and if it was 10 guys, if it was 20 guys in the event, but they were live streaming back to the truck, everything they did was watched from the truck. Um, you know, every fish they call it the way they measured it or, or, you know, you were able to, to do scales, whichever would be your preference as far as that goes. And you'd have to start off small, but you could, you could grow it from there, but you had that, that live stream back to the truck was kind of your, that was your boat official. Um, and then they, you know, it just all went from there to be able to keep a, keep things on the up and up. And, you know, I, I could see that taking off because people love, as we all do as, as anglers, we love to watch live fishing because you do truly learn more. When it's the unedited version, you watch the three casts before the cast that the guy actually made and caught the fish, you know. So that's what's, that's what's neat about it. And those are a lot of times, that's where you learn the most. And then the actual fish catch is just the fish catch, but um, you know. So I, I think that would be a be a way to do it. I know you, if you have Boyd Duckett's ear, kayak fishing is perfect for the MLF <laughs> format because we already it catch is. photo release. We could catch all yeah. you want. So you know, bass is in the game. Yeah, bass is in the game. Y'all can get in the game yeah. next. Little MFL yeah. MLF kayak fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, y'all y'all were the originators of that deal. Um, no doubt about it. Which one do you prefer? Do you like the catch as many as you can, or you like the the big five format? I, I like the catch as many as you can. I I truly do. You know, ours. You know, but it's twofold. You you, you look at it. Uh, everybody wants to compare every fish counts to five fish, but we're also every fish counts a couple of days. The weight zero. Every fish counts. The weight zero. You know, you you just got to check the boxes until you get to the final day, and then that's the only day that when it matters. Where you know, with, with bass or, or pro circuit, pro circuit change there this year, but you know, it's the cumulative, you know, so this day, and then you add it, added, added all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, and so in that format with only five fish counting, you kind of get who the, the, the guy that was more consistent throughout the whole week, you know, and, and was able to, to carry that through from the end. The only thing with that is one big day or one big fish, can truly win the tournament. I've done that before. I mean, the, the one I won in lacrosse, I caught a six pounder at lacrosse in an elite series. 
you know, now, I mean, I had to catch other fish to go with it. And I had, I had other, you know, I had big weights other days, but there's a six pounder. was like, I got to weigh in six, <laughs> that's a, you know, <laughs> that's a triple digit I mean, it, lacrosse. <laughs> Right. I, I got a whole nother fish that day, you know, because of that. And I, and I mean, I, I came in second and won at Okeechobee because I had one day that I had 31 pounds or something, you know. So it's that that's the only thing with that format to where it's like, man, you can you can separate yourself in one single day that to where in our format, you you got to make it all the way through. And then that final day is when you've got to got to really exceptionally perform and I, I think that that's where the every fish part of it levels it out like i personally i don't like what the pro circuit did this year to where it's it's five fish but on the final day it's just that standalone day i get the reason for it because the excitement and it's not a guy doesn't carry a 10 pound lead into the final day and he's already won before they go fishing i, I get the reason for it but as an angler I'm not crazy about it because on that final day you catch a six pounder at lacrosse. Well, you probably won the tournament because of one fish. Where in ours, you ain't going to win the tournament. You could catch a 10 pounder on Watts Bar. You ain't going to win the tournament because of that one fish. You know, with every fish counting, it's going to kind of, going to kind of negate that, you know. So, um, I do. I, I like the every fish part of it. I feel like you don't have that one lucky bite, you know, here or there that, you know, that you win because of that fish. And, and I've been the, like I said, I've been the benefit of that, you know, in my career before. But I, I feel like the the better angler overall for the whole week typically comes out on top. Yeah, Shane Kitchens threw a uh, comment in there, uh, basically talking about changing the minimums. Mm -hmm. uh, when you guys did that, I think that helped from a viewing perspective a lot. You know, changing yeah. the minimums based on where you're at as opposed to just yeah. a standard 12-inch or one pound or whatever. One pound, yeah. Did you like yeah. that? No doubt, I, I did. I, I, I like it now. I'll say again that was I was not a fan of that. Um, I, I thought that the one pound deal was, I thought it was fine. I thought it was sufficient. But once we went to a variable minimum, and you know, like Watts Bar was kind of a tough event. We fished a one eight minimum there, and it was the right call um, to not have a two pound minimum on Watts Bar. But most of our events are are two pound minimum, and dude, that's pretty good fish. I mean. I know y'all mostly go by, you know, by inches and, and measurement and stuff. At Watts Bar, on average, a two-pound fish was about 15 and three-quarter inches. Yeah. Or a, yeah. a two-pound fish would have been like 16 and a half. Uh, a one-eight was a, right around 15 and a quarter, 15 and a half inch fish to be a pound and a half. So, I mean, it was, it took a pretty decent fish, you know, just to be, just to be scoreable. Um, and that's. A lot of people are like, and uh, they, they want to say every, you know, that they go out to the lake and they call a bunch of keepers. You know, it's a lake that's got a 14-inch size. They call a bunch of keepers. They were two-pounders. And 14-inchers wasn't two-pounders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you start weighing them, you start that realizing. Scale's real, scale's real tricky, isn't it? Yeah. It's real tricky. You start <laughs> realizing just how big a, a, a two-pounder is in a. But it, it does. It makes us target bigger fish. It, it definitely slowed the slowed the score tracker down, um, you know, as far as just how movement there was. But, I, yeah, again, like I said, I was not a fan of it at first. I thought it would be a detriment, and uh, it, it definitely I was, I was proved wrong on that deal. 
Ryan, can you imagine if we went to a 15 or 16 inch minimum? Kayak anglers would have a stroke. Be a lot of people quitting. <laughs> a lot of people quitting the sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because really clear. I mean, say, Hell, there's times I can't catch them with a 12 inch minimum. So I, <laughs> I definitely don't want to yeah. go to 15. <laughs> That's it, it. Is that two pound? When they were talking about, it, I'm like, I don't know. Y'all know what you're talking about. I mean, short of going up north or places like that, it's like that are just prolific fisheries. I mean, even the Tennessee River fishery. Because I, I look back at, I mean, my take my whole career under five fish limit tournaments. I got a lot of checks with 12 to 14 pounds a day. I mean, most of the places we would go, short of a Lake Fork or St. Lawrence River, most of the places you go, 12 to 12, 13, 14 pounds, that's where the check range is going to be on an average fishery. If you've got a 12-pound limit, you probably don't have five two pounders in there. You could have, but you probably got a four, a, a three and a quarter, a couple two and three quarters or two and a half, and then you still got one in there. It's about a pound eleven. Right. You know that that's just the way that works out. So you cut that to a two pound minimum. You ain't got five even. <laughs> you know. So that's that, that, that's the that's the funny thing with that. It was I was a little nervous about it to start with. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get back to some of these questions that we let fly by earlier because this has been a great, great discussion. What's it uh, going to take to get you in a kayak tournament while Jeff's reading through <laughs> questions? If we held one, let's say maybe on the Holston and the French Broad, could we get you in a kayak uh, to fish that? Uh, man, now you have to, y'all do it. Y'all had to put in a public ramp, don't you? We yes. do. We do. Yeah, Many, and, I, and I'll, spoiler alert, we've had we had a, our, our big tournament of champions up there on the Holston and the French broad. So it has yeah. been done. And I mean, some yeah. of those floats can be 12 or, you know, 16 oh, yeah. miles, depending on where you're putting in and taking out. Yeah. Um, man, that, that would be tough. I, I, just, I, I, I ain't gonna say I wouldn't, um, it would have to number one, I have to line up with my schedule would be the, be the biggest thing with it. Um, and dang, I just, I feel like I'd get my eyeballs beat out because I'm not prepared to fish in a kayak. <laughs> <laughs> the fish are sitting in the same I'm spot. So, you so just got to get turned around comfort. and sit still real quick. Uh, several times it was asked yeah, throughout yeah, here. I can't it, find uh, all these. I, I'm oh, used sorry, to sir. I, sorry, I couldn't find all the questions, but this has been asked a couple of times, which is what's your favorite lake for the MLF events that you go to? Oh, man, for, the, for our events we go to. I mean, I mentioned I've, I've named the St. Lawrence River a, a, a different time or two. That's just, I mean, man, it's just such an awesome fishery. We, we fished one up there, uh, you know. But I, if, if not just one particular lake, but the state of Texas with the major league fishing has been been really good to me. I've had had four major league fishing wins in the state of Texas, so I like Texas pretty good when it comes to our tournaments. All right, a lot of our viewers would agree. We got a lot of folks from Texas to watch. Yeah. Um, Cody would definitely agree with that too. That's right. (laughs) Cody's a man. Uh, We can't get Cody off Chickamauga, so we're going to have to, we're going to have to work on that. Somebody asked with your, uh, do you size your baits differently depending on what the minimum is for that event? Yeah. Um, the, the neat thing with, with that two pound minimum is I feel like you basically fish as though it was a five fish limit tournament, you know, as far as the baits that I'm going to choose. Now, the, the difference with that, if I, 
you know, in a five fish lemon tournament, I may have had like, I'm gonna fish with this bait to try to try to get a lemon or try to get a decent bag. And then I may switch over to, you know, something really big just for looking for that kicker bite. Well, I don't ever do that anymore. I, I personally, I've not carried giant spoons or glide baits, you know, with being a major league fishing event yet. Um, I don't know that I ever will. So that that's the, you know, it, it's nice to me because I don't want to even have to carry that stuff anymore. Um, but I, you know, I, I do kind of eliminate some of those, some of those, you know, really big fish baits. But other than that, for the most part, it's about trying to get a bite. I mean, I throw a wacky worm a ton fishing for two pounders. Um, you know, I throw a Ned Rig. I caught a lot of my fish at Chickamauga last year in June on a Ned Rig. <laughs> fishing, go. you know, fishing a two pound minnow. Ryan's made a career on a jackhammer and Ned Rig. Anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> some kind of some kind of career. <laughs> Successful or not, it's debatable, but it's been it's been one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a great question. Uh, how long do you want to have a career in on the pro side of things? Is there a retirement yeah. plan? I know you've done some TV shows. That Monster Bass show was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your What's your retirement plan down the road? Yeah, I, I definitely do. You know that Jenny and I've talked about that a lot. At, at fifty, I'm thirty six now. Uh, fifty is kind of my number uh, as to where I would you know where I would like to be as far as traveling and, and fishing tournaments professionally. Um, but uh, you know beyond that, I don't know if it would be full time transitioning to a TV show or who knows what social media and YouTube and all those kind of things will look like. Um, at that point in time, um, you know, I certainly want to stay, stay active in the industry beyond that. But as far as fishing tournaments and somebody else telling me when I'm going to be where, um, 50 is kind of my number in mind. <laughs> you know, trying to pull a Jimmy Houston and keep it, keep it rolling into the nineties. <laughs> no, no, or replying either one. No, that's definitely not my, not my goal for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, this is a great question. I actually had this on my list of things to ask you. Um, I know your faith is extremely important to you. How does that fall mm-hmm. into your tournament day or even tournament week ritual? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, yeah, my, my faith is very important to me. Um, uh, very thankful for, for Jesus and for him coming and, and, uh, being our sacrifice on this earth. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, for me, I, one thing that I've been doing this year is reading, uh, the, it's a chronological, uh, written version of the Bible. So I've been, I'll read that every day, whether I'm at home or on the road, um, read a devotional every day. But the, the thing that I do every morning, whether it's again, the tournament or not, I try to, I try to make it the point that the first app I open on my phone is my Bible app. And I read the, read the, um, verse of the day on there. And that's, like I said, that doesn't change if I'm at home or at a tournament. Um, but th- those are kind of the three things that I, I try to do each and every day. Does Mark Rose still do the the boat ramp sermons that he was doing? The fishing church, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that's something we do every every Sunday at an at an event, whether that's a, a practice day or tournament day, uh, whichever one. Yeah, uh, Mark is we refer to him as the chairman of the deacons, uh, but uh, <laughs> but he kind of puts that together and um, and we ha- he scheduled. I think last year was that way too, where he took the burden off of himself and shared it around with uh, all the all the regulars where each of us have a, have a tournament that we, you know, we each individually speak at. And that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's uh, you know, we talked about Cody Prather earlier. That's something he's kind of gotten going at the Hobie BOS events at the captain's meetings. He has a, a okay. fishing, fe- fishing fellowship right at the captain's yeah. meetings time. So it's been a, a cool thing to see develop. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. over there. Uh, and then we've got a few ICAST questions for you. Basically, <laughs> anybody wants everybody wants to know. Do you got any kind of sneak peeks? Any new OG baits? Anything about that hummingbird release coming that you want to drop? 
Yeah, um, the, the there is another OG bait coming. Uh, yeah, there's another one of those that's uh, you know that will be released iCast, and this is actually the first OG that will be released at iCast. You know, the the very first one, the Slim, was the year of I said, yeah, that was twenty. Um, what was that? You know, that release. So I, who knew what that was? Um, twenty one was you know was the one last year, and Rapple actually didn't didn't end up um, being at iCast that year, so. It wasn't truly an iCast release, but yeah, the, the bait that's coming up this year will be the first OG bona fide, you know, released at iCast. As far as the press of it and the world seeing and all that kind of stuff, um, just like all the all their new baits and stuff, nothing actually will be beetle bugs are getting out. Um, nothing will actually be available till the end of the fall. Uh, as far as the home of our deal, man, it, it, if we stayed. Up... Oh, Hummingbird done censored him. They. <laughs> <laughs> they heard it coming out of his mouth. They done cut him off. <laughs> Was that on yeah. purpose? Was that on purpose? Can you hear me? He uh, said, Jenny, you. pull the Wi-Fi. He yeah. said, Hummingbird looked at the watch and boom, there it went. <laughs> it, it somehow it popped off my AirPod, but um, but yeah, they uh, their release I think is at like nine o'clock, eight or nine o'clock in the morning. So it, it's it's pretty neat. I've got it on my on my boat, um, and uh, I, I think y'all are gonna be gonna be pretty impressed. I, I don't know how it would it would work on a kayak, but it's definitely more you know boat driven. Buddy, we anything you can put on a boat, we can we can finagle it around on a kayak. I promise. We got, we got There's guys out here with active target off one side, live scope off the other, <laughs> bow mount trolling motor, rear mount electric motor. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. Well, Always uh, got more we, money than sense. Yeah, you could definitely add this. To That's the case. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you hanging out with us. Let's talk about this Angler Academy and what we what we used as the excuse to bring you on here. So tell, tell us what you're doing up there at Carson Newman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hunter Sales has reached out to me and just told me, you know, that he's got uh, got this event there, and I'm glad you've got it pulled up because I don't remember exactly what day it is and the way I work. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so on the on the 23rd, and I think it's open to any. You know, any, any high school anglers, um, I, I think it's more geared towards high school anglers than it is, you know, college. But, um, but yeah, just an awesome event. I think I'll be up there for around an hour or so, kind of middle of the day. Um, is what Hunter told me as to when I'll be there. But um, come talk fishing and uh, you know, get to meet meet a few folks. And it should be, it should be a great event. Just a, a great place to learn. You know, I think it's, uh, it's kind of what Hunter's goal is with that. Done a, done a really good job with that team. Are you doing any private sessions for the Carson Newman anglers? I would like to sponsor Ewing Minor uh, specifically. If you can teach them how to fish out of a bass boat, that'd be great. <laughs> no, I haven't done anything like that. Uh, <laughs> I do get asked that on occasion. Yeah. That, that could be your retirement plan. Take take these whippersnappers out and show them the ropes. Yeah. The, the Johnny Schultz route. Yeah. One-on-one lessons. Online yeah. Lessons. You know, when you'd asked that earlier about the retirement plan, that's something I didn't say. But by the time that I I get to that age, I, who knows what college fishing and high school fishing will, will be? I, I mean, I know there you know there's college coaches now that are making a you know making a fair salary, uh, you know, from you know being a college coach. By the time that I'm at that age, that's liable to be a, a legitimate you know a legitimate transition from a professional into into you know a coaching type position. Uh, yeah, by the time we get to that point. I can see that. You could be the Eric Musselman of college kayak fishing. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. 
We got them kids in the green room yet, Jeff? I see them. I see them there, Ryan. All right. Uh, are we gonna, are we gonna let Mr. Defoe? We're gonna slide transition. Out of here? We appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on and and keeping us entertained here for an hour. I know it's it's your bedtime, so we'll let you get off here and keep these young young men up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm about my eyelids are getting pretty heavy. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, it was a pl- it was a pleasure and an honor, sir. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Y'all have a good one. All right. Take care. Thank you. Unbelievable, Ryan. Hey, look at that. Odd to fuck. You don't, you don't have to know everybody. You just have to know somebody that knows everybody. That's yeah, it. That's, you know, I'm doing a presentation in August on professional networking, and one of the key words there is everybody you know knows somebody you should know. And I think oh, yeah. you're taking that to the, to the nth degree, haven't you, right? Well, if you need me to speak, let me know, okay? All right, man. All right. <laughs> here's, a, here's them, uh, what'd you call them, the kids? The youngins? How y'all feel about following up Odd Defoe, man? You guys uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll where, see. where's, where y'all at? Y'all stuck in the garage or in the closet? We're, uh, we're in the the King Coza tackle room right here. Okay, is that that's his private stash? This yeah. is a private stash. All the cool stuffs up here. So Jamie's doing a rehoming project for the summer where he's taking Carson Newman anglers and putting them up down there in Marietta. <laughs> yeah, basically he's been he's <laughs> been teaching <laughs> us to work all summer long. Yeah, he's been teaching oh, us good stuff. You know. So what you see on the screen, they're actually reversed. Jacob's on the right, Ben's on the left. Um, ben, you kind of did something cool this past year. What uh, what what did you manage to crack in the in the college yeah. derbs? Yeah, I uh, managed to win the college classic this year on on Lake Kiwi. Whenever the uh, the big boys were at Hartwell, so uh, that was a really really cool experience, and uh, really really looking forward to going to uh, the same event next year. But it'll be uh, in Knoxville, so it'll be a little bit closer to school this time. Uh, we're really, really looking forward to that. Feeling pretty good about that one. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to. We don't really know what we're gonna do yet, but uh, we're we're really excited that it's that close and we'll be able to fish somewhere close to school that that we like to fish a lot. I mean, we we fish Watts Bar, Loudon, all those lakes all the time. So it's just gonna be really cool. Are you going to be a pro when you grow up? I read some top 10 list, like most likely to succeed or something. Uh, that's the goal anyway. That's the goal. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, what works out, but that's, I'm going to try and do all I can do. That's really what I want to do. I like it. I like it. Yes, Jacob, you made a purchase here recently, and I think you made a road <laughs> trip with, uh, with Prince Edwin, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. And, uh, just recently – a couple days ago i actually just sold my boat and before i sold the boat i decided i was going to buy me a hobie so i got me a pa12 um you know rigged it out with the torpedo and a lawrence unit and me and me and edwin went up on a road trip to winnipesaukee i guess that was week week and a half ago something like that yeah never been in a kayak before <laughs> never really kayak fished um so like the two days before we went, I went fishing, and I don't think I've ever jumped off as many fish in my entire life. I probably jumped off ten or fifteen of them before I figured out how to land them in that thing. <laughs> but well, the le- the leverage uh, point's different. Yeah, I don't know if you're oh, yeah. fishing sitting down primarily or standing up, but even if you're standing up, there's a two and a half or three foot of difference being on the deck of a boat. So you're pulling from a completely different angle on those fish. Yeah. It uh, it took me a minute to figure out, you know, kind of how I how to fight them, and then Edwin gave me some pointers on fighting fish. Um, on actually 
like repositioning the kayak while you're fighting a fish so he doesn't the hook angle doesn't change <laughs> while you're fighting him and all that and but it was a great time that that place that one of Pisaki place is uh it's an awesome fishery man we it talk, looked beautiful up there it looked really cool um boat traffic was a little crazy during uh the actual tournament itself but you know it's part of it we had to work through it and keep on fishing now hey ryan i didn't ask this before uh we brought these guys on but i mean we're looking at the last name there jacob lambert is this a yeah. family affair yeah. here any kind of uh, kin or this, is like so this is this is me and jason's second cousin out of texas <laughs> ah, okay <laughs> He, his family pushed west to settle the frontier of Austin in skinny jeans. So <laughs> yeah. it's like the, it's brought like him back. The, it's like the Yellowstone origin story. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Edwin Edwin was telling me he's going to make everybody on in the Hobies call me Little Bur little yeah. Lambert. In case you didn't Lambert know. <laughs> yeah, in case there's any confusion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. And, and I, I you guys fish with him. What is it that allows him to be so much better out of a kayak? Than a I, I don't know. He just the thing with Edwin is he, if you put him somewhere, he's gonna figure out a way to catch something. That be a oh, bass, yeah. that be a kingfish, that be, you know, anything like that. That dude, he is a fishy person. I yeah, mean, he he can catch everything. He knows how to catch all kinds just of about. Stuff. We were talking about it today on the. On the way, we went out to Atlanta today, and on the way back, uh, yeah. he sent us a picture of a kingfish and a grouper yeah. that he caught out of his yeah. kayak today in Florida. And we were like, dude, he's not a bass fisherman. He's just a fisherman. He just oh, yeah. he fits for anything exactly. and everything, and he's good. Exactly. Anything he's fishing for, he's going to end up catching them. So. Yeah. What, what, what I like about Edwin is he'll tell you about it, too. Oh, I promise you. Uh, I finished up 30th in that Winnipesaukee, and he finished up 14th, and I heard about it all 15 hours <laughs> on the way home. Yeah. He stayed oh, with us at Sam Rayburn. That was the first time Jeff had met him in person at the Sam Rayburn house, and Edwin yeah. pretty much told us how he was going to win that tournament <laughs> yeah. the entire time leading up to the true. tournament. <laughs> That's every right. single day, every single night, <laughs> every day. I, I he, he's just he's so uh, he's, he's so, so cocky, he's confident, yeah. cocky, whatever. But like, it, yeah, it gives him an edge to where, like, when he's out there, like, no matter what's going on, how bad his day is going, in his head, he's gonna end he's up gonna catching, he's gonna beat everybody. That stuff he did at Broken Bow was yeah. ridiculous. Like, like, I don't yeah. even know when he called me and told me that when I was going back to the ramp, I'm like, I would not even think of that. Like, if I'm sitting there looking at those fish, no. I'm not gonna be like, oh, let me pendulum swing a drop shot through. Like, <laughs> what in the yeah. world is wrong with him? And uh, so, at Winnipesaukee, everybody was fishing shallow in practice, and I was fishing relatively shallow, like 20 foot. You know, and all the way like between twenty and eight foot of water, and I call you in like midway through the day because I'd only caught like you know fourteen, fifteen inches. I was like, "Hey, man, how, how's your day going?" He's like, oh, "I have like ninety six and a half inches or something." And he I was sent like, us a what? picture from ninety feet out there. He was yeah, catching he something said, in ninety I, feet I of said, water. Yeah, I literally. said, "What? You have ninety six? You and you told me he's gonna take like he's like oh, I was gonna take about ninety a day to win. He has ninety six. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sitting out here in 65 foot of water catching suspended fish in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, you what? But, uh, got too and, much free time. Yeah. He, he I mean, fishes a lot. He fishes. that's all that kid does. Cause yeah. he went to, he fished that, what, that live stream tournament in Michigan. Uh, and then, KFL, yeah. KFL, boy. That. He comes back, goes to Alabama, fishes another one. 
leaves that. We load up the truck, go to Winnipesaukee, drive through the night. The next day, he wakes up, goes and fishes Outer Banks for a week. Now he's nice in Florida. Florida. Like that's all. He says he's going to catch a tarpon. He's he's seen it on TV, so he thinks he thinks that that's that's the deal down there. So I'm I'm waiting to see the tarpon picks roll in. Let let me ask you guys this, because obviously you know got some young college uh, hammers on here talking about kayak fishing. I know uh, one of y'all just won the college bass boat classic, but did Ewing getting in here and Jack guys like Jackson Orr cashing checks in the kayaks open your eyes to try to get involved in this? Yeah, I mean what what. Yeah, what made you want yeah, to get involved with kayaks? Yeah, I, I've still only been in a kayak one time. We all went on the uh, the Chattahoochee, and I really enjoyed it. We didn't really catch many fish, but, I mean, it's just a really cool different way, to, different style of fishing. I mean, you really get a breakdown, you know, a body of water. And I just I, – one of my things that I just really like to do is be able to fish skinny water and fish a lot of water that other people can't fish. And that's just, you know, that's the that's exactly why, you know, kayak fishing is what it is it's just you can fish so much more water that you can't get to in a boat and especially in like tennessee and everything there's just so many streams and rivers and really cool backwater that you can get in and catch a lot of really big fish yeah. tell jamie to drop you off down there on the flint or the oak mulgee all you're gonna catch is dirty needle, needles and baby diapers on the Chattahoochee. so you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to get out of that place <laughs> you catch something different down there but uh, yeah, I, I I'd really like to try and fish maybe one call college uh, kayak tournament maybe maybe this semester if we got time. Are you going but, all in on the college side, little Lambert? Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try little to fish Lambert. both uh, <laughs> both the college kayak stuff and then I'm gonna fish still fish some of the the bass boat tournaments as well as a co angler. Gotcha. Um, How do y'all partner up? That's what that's something I I wondered. It's there. different every year. Um, ben and Hayden just kind of started fishing together freshman year and haven't stopped. Uh, me, I kind of, I've been bouncing around partner to partner as, as you know, there's one available, one that wants to fish with me. <laughs> I'm not like, ben, I'm not, I'm not winning everything. I got to, I, I, sometimes I got to find guys, but, uh, you got to get it, get a selling point there. Yeah. Like a girl. On, it's like a girl on a holiday weekend. Just looking for a boat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey boys. <laughs> hey, we, we got a question for got a question for ben from the crowd here uh yes, matt fentress asked how bad do you miss ray hubbard oh gosh i i miss ray hubbard a bunch that's a really really tough lake but uh i, I really miss fishing around in texas a lot i mean we don't have near the size you know in east tennessee or over here uh in georgia but i'm 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 actually going back to texas in a couple of days so i'm really excited looking forward to maybe uh getting back on the home farm and catching a couple but awesome i miss that place a lot what's what's on the agenda i mean obviously you you're going to try to repeat this year but i mean what are what are each of you's kind of goals as far uh, as this upcoming season yeah i'm uh i'm i'm we're going to win y'all bay for that national championship uh i believe in september so uh goals to win that one um never won a national championship so that'd be a really cool one to, to try and achieve so really looking forward to doing that uh you know it's a tidal fishery and uh never fished one of those before but it looks really really cool it's probably going to be one of the toughest tournaments we've ever fished uh, especially because it's on holiday weekend um but <laughs> we'll uh make do with what we got and try and get the win there so really excited my uh 
I don't know about this this season, but next, like going into the next Hobie BOS season, I want to make a TOC and hey, there try you go. to. Go, I want to try to fish as most of a full season as I can, um, starting next season with them. Now you're talking real goals, all right? Get, yeah. I don't know what Ben's talking about national <laughs> championships and stuff, but I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to fish as much of those Hobie tournaments as I can. Uh, I had a ton of fun doing that, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I enjoyed not having to put gas in the boat, too. Yeah, no <laughs> that's, that's a pretty cool thing about kayaks, too, is the, how much cheaper it is. Until you have to pedal one, like, 16 yeah. miles yeah. <laughs> against yeah. the wind. Then you're like, all right, this Bert sucks. He's like, I can't even hardly walk. Like, this is the boat. This is the most workout I've had in a really long time. Yeah. So I, bought, I put a torpedo on the back of mine. So yeah. in practice. His mom, his mom was giving him a bunch of crap <laughs> because he told him, he's like, yeah, I'm getting this kayak and I'll, you know, be able to, you know, be active because I'm pedaling and stuff all the time. <laughs> First thing he does is get a, that, that torpedo on there. Yeah. So I used that torpedo all practice and it was awesome. And then, you know, the first day the tournament comes and I start pedaling. And yeah. me and you. Reality and, sets in yeah, real quick. Yeah. We, we fished, we fished uh, the same area the first day. And it probably wasn't far, maybe like a mile or two from the ramp. And I get like a mile. I'm like halfway there. And I look, I'm like, dude, I'm already, my legs are already kind of. Boy, those are rookie going. numbers. Rookie numbers. And, uh, so the first day, I think I ended up going like eight miles. But the second day, I made a haul and I was like, tw- I pedaled like 12 and a half miles. And I got back to the ramp and stood up and I just <laughs> fell over. And I was like, dude, I am exhausted right now. Uh, you, you, we're gonna have to condition you to the lifestyle, yeah, I, I, my friend. I told you, and I said, man, I'm gonna, have, I can't. I said, I can't fish the torpedo all the time. I'm gonna have to just pedal some. No, nah, we'll, we'll have you tuned up. We, we go out to the Hachatown Saloon <laughs> I, there in Broken Bow till about two in the morning, teach dance lessons, sleep a couple of hours, then pedal sixteen miles. That's how you. Well, when, when he says when we, he's not talking about me, by the way. He's talking no, about Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, just eat dinner and go to bed before the sun goes down. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's funny. Like, uh, yeah, that's opposite cool. of a vampire. Um, there we go. Um, let's see anything else from the, from the viewers? I don't see any more questions there. Ryan, you got anything else for these guys before we wrap the show tonight? I think I'm good. I appreciate y'all coming on, and everybody. I mean, if you got any any young high school children in your life, get them up there and let Ot teach them how to fish. Will you yeah, guys yeah. be up there participating in that? Y'all gonna uh, teach still, anything? I'm still not sure if I'm gonna be there or not yet, but uh, definitely recommend going. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on there. A lot of cool pros and whatnot a lot of good information so yeah i don't i've done it the past three years but i don't think i'll be able to make it make it back down to tennessee for that one unfortunately but it's always a great time if there's any high school kids listening that are in the east tennessee area georgia alabama that are somewhat close and want to come have a good time and learn and it's always a good time so yeah well you can find these two young men peddling uh peddling literally Mm -hmm. selling uh, kayaks at the dugout bait and tackle go buy buy one they'll load it in your truck for you yep yeah you that's right in there that's our <laughs> job that's our job yeah ma- make the note it sounds like us on. yep thank you yeah, guys you bet fellas it sounds like we're gonna have uh about the time ot retires ben will be uh up there on stage somewhere oh, when we bring him back on no pressure and then we'll have uh, little lambert will take your place on the kayak yeah, <laughs> what am i gonna do I don't know. You'll be me because I'll be in the home, so you'll be running things over here. Come on, man. All right. All right. Appreciate y'all coming on. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was a good one. Thank you. Thank you all.